welcome to the Ready, Set, Disney podcast, episode number two. My name is Corey G. I'm your host for the episode. Uh, And uh, if you're coming back to us, thank you for returning. If this is your first time listening, you've only missed one episode, so so don't fret. You don't have much to catch up on. Um, So in episode two tonight, we are going to talk a little bit about... Uh, We're going to recap what we did in episode one, and then we're going to dive a little bit further into what we, uh, one of the specific items that we were covering in episode one. So in episode one, my wife and I decided, if you don't know, uh, my wife and I write a blog, ReadySetDisney.com, and we thought it would be a good idea to give three pointers, um, because we are sort of uh, Disney vacation planners, um, we thought we would give three pointers of tips or tricks or questions people tend to ask us when they are planning their Disney vacation. So we covered those three, just three quick hitters for you in our first episode. And um, I'll run them down real quick for you. So the first one that we, we suggested that we, we tell everybody when they say, hey, you know, we're thinking about going to Disney. What's the what, what should we do? The first thing we tell people to do, obviously, is plan. Um, and in the episode, we get a, into a little bit of detail on that in terms of the benefits of planning and um, what you might be able to to expect from planning, but we didn't really dive too deep into that. Um, the next thing we talk about is the meal plan and whether or not we think the meal plan is worth the value. Um, and, and I'll tell you, you know, not as a spoiler, but we really don't. But in the episode, we get into a lot more detail as to why we don't think that the meal plan is worth it. Um, and then the uh, third thing that we cover is the Disney Vacation Club points and and the possibility or the opportunity that exists to buy Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members um, to uh, subsidize your Disney stay um, and allow you to stay at some really nice places in the park. And we get into a little bit of detail on that. So based on that first episode, we thought we might revisit that number one, that plan, because uh, it can be a big, you know, just planning is, is, is you'll see is an episode of itself. Uh, so we thought we'd get into that a little bit more in this episode and talk to you really about what planning looks like. Uh, we sort of hashed it out and we were talking about the first time we had to plan and the overwhelming feeling. And we hear this from a lot of folks. You know, that overwhelming feeling of like, I don't know what to do. I don't know when I'm supposed to do it. Like, when do I make dining reservations? And when, when should I buy my tickets? Or should I book my room first? Blah, blah, blah. So we thought, all right, why don't we just kind of break it down for folks so that, you know, we can give you a real clear cut way of doing things. We'll tell you it's not the only way to do things, um, but it's the method that we use. And we can also give you a sense of why we use the method that we use. Um, it, you know, it's uh, it's definitely for us uh, a system that we put in place with the hope that we could um, really make sure that our, our trip is paid for. We never go to Disney uh, on credit, and I would never recommend that. I mean, we're not a financial podcast by any means, but, you know, I, I, I would never 
ever advise anybody to go on any vacation on credit, but especially not a Disney vacation. So we're gonna we'll get into a, a little bit of that with you, um, and you know, talk about the details as to why we do it and how we uh, use our time uh, to help us ensure that everything is paid for before we even leave the house. So we're gonna get into it tonight. Um, so the first thing we're gonna talk about is planning, and and when we say planning, the first thing you want to do when you're planning your Disney vacation is pick your dates, right? This is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, obviously, it's it's, sim- it's simple that it's the first step, but we wanted to cover it because we wanted to just point out a couple of things that you might want to keep in mind uh, when you are picking your dates, just so you're aware of kind of what's going on in the parks and what traffic flow might look like and what volume will be and where it will be and that sort of stuff. Um, so that was why we wanted, that's why we're going to talk a little bit about planning right now. Um, you know, if you're a family and your kids are in school and, you know, they're, they're not in elementary school and you're sort of locked into a school schedule, you don't have many options when it comes to planning, which is why I feel like it's so important to do that planning well in advance uh, because a lot of people are going based on school schedules for the kids. So the earlier you get those dates locked in, the more likely you are to be able to stay at the resort you want to stay in. Um, and in a future episode, we're actually going to talk about places to stay and uh, we'll, we'll dive into that a little deeper. But, you know, it's a lot, there's a lot that goes into where you stay. So, you know, when you pick your dates, it's really important to give yourself enough time to make sure you get to stay in the place that's best for you and your family. Um, so, you know, Picking out as far as possible is always suggested for us. It's something we always do. Um, and, and then, you know, let's we'll we'll talk a little bit about Disney's calendar and what they have on the uh, on their calendar in terms of special events because that can really impact you and when you go and what's going on. Um, so to start it off in January and February, it's important to know that. Um, Disney does marathons those two months out of the year. They have uh, uh, Disney, I think it's a half marathon in January and then a full marathon in February. Or I might have that reversed. It might be the full marathon is in... uh, is in is in January and the half is in is in February, but but either way, there are runners there, um, and a lot of them are in tiny shorts, uh, and they're and they're hydrating, and they're checking their watch, and they're in tiny shorts. So, um, you know, you gotta you gotta be aware of that. You know, uh, I also spoke with somebody. We 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 got the chance to talk to somebody who we've never been during a marathon, uh, but somebody that told me their experience, and they uh, they definitely highlighted the little shorts as long along with the um, the traffic flow. You know, it's a very different traffic flow uh, because the mornings that they run the marathon, Disney closes a lot of the streets to and through the parks. So especially if you're trying to go to the park early in the morning and you're using Disney transportation, uh, you, you should be aware that uh, the 
bus traffic is going to be a little, uh, a little, uh, a little busier during the marathon week uh, days that they're running than it normally would be. Um, but other than that, you know, the parks aren't too bad January and February. Obviously, anytime you go and the kids are in school, it's always a lesser volume um, in terms of uh, uh, of you know crowd crowd control and that kind of stuff. So that's always it's always a good time. Uh, so then and then next coming up after that you, in March through May you have the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival um, it's a popular event don't get me wrong but it's not an event that's gonna have you steer clear of the parks during that time frame um, if anything you know Epcot might be a little bit busier but I, I just don't, I've never really heard anybody say to me, oh, yeah, we're going to Disney because the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival is going on. So, you know, if you're a family and you got young kids, I can't imagine that you're spending much time looking at the flower and garden uh, exhibits. They're nice. Don't get me wrong. But. You know, you might walk by, take a picture with your favorite character in front of your Ratatouille mouse hedges or whatever. But let's face it, you're not spending a lot of time in this. Not really going to impact you. Um, Also, during this time, important to know is somewhere, you know, between that March and May time frame is Easter. Uh, and, And a lot of folks don't realize Easter is actually the second busiest week in the parks, only behind Christmas. Um, you know, may, may, many people may, may not even, you know, put that uh, as a thought, but but it actually is. Um, we've done some research because uh, we're actually going this Easter. We've, we've gone the week before Easter prior. We actually left the day before Easter the year we went. Uh, but this year, we're actually flying in on Easter. Um, so we did a little research just to kind of check things out. And one of the things that we found was that that on Easter, the Friday and Saturday before Easter, so that, that would be Good Friday, and that's, uh, I think it's Holy Saturday. The Catholic and me would probably definitely should definitely know that. But anyway, um, those two days are the busiest in the parks. And then Easter Sunday really can be hit or miss. I have some friends that, that are thinking about going to Magic Kingdom on Easter Sunday. And in 2019, just before COVID, obviously, um, the parks were a three on Easter Sunday. The crowd level was a three out of 10. And then in 2017 and 2018, they were like a seven or an eight. And then uh, 2019, I believe it was, it was... um, I'm sorry, 20, uh, 2016, I, I think it was back down to like a, a lower level, that three area uh, score. So it, it, it seems to be it's either really busy, seven, eight, or it's really slow, a three. So it's kind of hit or miss, especially Easter Sunday, uh, but that weekend before, super busy. Um, and then afterwards, the crowd levels are our middle is what we're seeing right now, fours, fives, sixes. So not too bad, manageable by all means, um, but definitely not a, um, a three or a four like you might find in that January, February timeframe. So, um, so just kind of keep that in mind. It's a busy time, not saying that you wouldn't go again if you're in the Northeast and your kids have April vacation, you're, you're stuck. Uh, you only got a couple of times that you can go, so you might sneak it in during that time. And, um, you know, if, if you plan it right, I think you'll be okay with traveling during that time. 
Also in April is another half marathon. This one is a uh, Star Wars themed half marathon. So that probably means a lot of Wookiees in tiny shorts. I don't know. It's just tiny shorts. I, I just don't. I'm not a big fan of the shorts, the attire of the shorts. And, the, and I'm not a runner. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what's going on in April. But the real big thing for you to keep in mind happens in August, starts in August, and really runs through the end of the year. Uh, because in August, about mid-August, Disney switches to their special events at the Magic Kingdom. In August, September, and October, it's the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And then in um, uh, September, I'm sorry, in, uh, in November, December, and January, I'm sorry, November and December, it switches to uh, Mickey's Christmas event. So you got the Halloween event, September and October, August, September, and October, and then Christmas, November, and December. Now, those events are really important to plan around because you have to know that during those times, Magic Kingdom is actually going to cl start closing at 6 o'clock at night a couple of days each week. We found it's usually every other day, so two to three times in a week, the Magic Kingdom is actually going to close at 6 and it's be going to become a ticketed event. Um, and that means that to be in the park or to have access to anything, you have to have a bracelet or they they swipe your phone or however they may do it. Um, for us, we had to get a bracelet um, for the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So, uh, And if you don't have that stuff, they really slowly start to uh, phase you out of the park. Um, so... That, uh, that really hampers uh, your travel and your park destinations during your length of stay for a couple of reasons. One, it means there's only certain amounts of, there are only certain days in which you can be in the Magic Kingdom until late at night, um, which means without, without a paid event ticket, which means there are also limited days other people can be in the parks late at night so let's say the party you know you're there saturday to saturday they may have an uh, have it where uh sunday tuesday thursday saturday is the uh, is a special event so you only have monday wednesday friday to be at the magic kingdom that means anybody else that doesn't have them you know, the ticketed event only has Monday, Wednesday, Friday to be in the Magic Kingdom until the park closes, which really increases the volume, right? Because uh, if you were there in, let's say, April, you'd have any night during that week that you could be at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, but now they really limit that. So that really hurts. Uh, so it really obviously impacts the night's when you're there, but that also carries over to the day, right? Because if a family knows that they're going to close the Magic Kingdom, then unless they have park hoppers, that means they're going to be in the Magic Kingdom during the day. So that park isn't only going to be busy at night because, hey, it's open late that night. We can we get to close it down. But it's also going to be super busy during the day because they know this is the only park we can go to because we don't have park hoppers. So it really impacts your travel a lot more than you realize. And considering, you know, it's the last quarter of the year, it's a 
big thing. Um, but again, if you've got families, uh, you got kids in elementary school that you maybe can take out, maybe it's not such a big deal because if you time it right, it's not as busy in the parks. Um, but again, if you if you're going, uh, you know, like during a Labor Day weekend or a Columbus, any long weekends, the, the crowd volume and the um, amount of time that you're going to be able to spend in the Magic Kingdom late at night is going to be hampered. So so keep an eye on that, especially if you're doing like a quick, hey, we're just going down for three or four days. You might have a situation in which you've only got one night that you can spend in the Magic Kingdom late at night without having to spend the extra money on a... Um, on a special event ticket. So just kind of just just thought we would share that with you. So the first thing you do is you pick your dates. Once you get your date set, the next thing we recommend is to book your room. Um, and now we know folks that kind of go either way on this. Some folks pick their dates and then pick their flights. Um, but we pick our dates, then we book our room. And I'll tell you why. We usually, as we've mentioned over and over again on the podcast and in our blog, we usually go through, uh, uh, we purchase vacation club points from folks. So we need to do that well in advance. So, you know, we might book our vacation 11 months prior to, and by booking at that time, that far in advance, I don't have access to airplane tickets. The airlines just don't release flights that early. So I can book my room and pay for it. And then a couple months later, four or five months later, I start looking at flights. I can book my flights and pay for it. So as as I mentioned when we first, you know, at the, at the beginning of this episode, we don't do anything on credit. So it really allows us to save up our money pay for our room, save up a little more money, pay for our flights. And then, you know, it just makes things that much easier and personally more enjoyable when you're on vacation and you're not fretting over like, oh man, when we get back, we got a bill we got to pay. So that's why we use that um, strategy in terms of how we book things. Like I said, it's not the end all be all. If If you're booking in a tight timeline, maybe booking your flights is a good idea to do before you're room. But me personally, I don't want to fly down somewhere and not have anywhere to stay. I would much rather have a place to stay and then have to figure out how to get down there um, than have four kids and an angry wife and jumping around from driving up to hotel to hotel like, hey, do you have any room tonight? Because Lord only knows where you're going to stay. And yeah, that's just an awful scenario. So that's why we, uh, we book our rooms, then we book our flights. Once we got our flights booked, then we purchase our park tickets. Uh, This really is so much different now with COVID than it ever has been in the past. Um, We used to really not purchase our park tickets until... Uh, maybe like a month or so before we got there. There was never any worry about the parks closing or reaching capacity. You know, we've been in, like I said, Easter. We've been in June, July, August. Never had a situation in which we've had to worry about parks. But again, you know, parks closing. But again, now with COVID, that is a real real thing. Um, they do have a calendar up and they, and they let you know when, when parks are getting close to capacity, they have a color coded system. So you definitely, if you're, if you're watching that, or if you're 
if you're holding purchasing park tickets, definitely watch that calendar to make sure you pull the trigger before. Um, so purchase and park tickets, again, it was something we held off on because, again, prior to COVID, you could make dining reservations 180 days before, six months before your arrival day. You could make dining reservations if you were staying in the park. And uh, you could make dining reservations even though you didn't have park tickets. That's no longer the case, right? Now you can make dining reservations only 60 days before. But again, you have to make park reservations before you have to purchase your park tickets. Then you have to book your parks. Now you actually have to tell Disney what park you're going to be in each day you're there, exactly where you're going to be. Again, not the case prior to COVID. This is a new COVID sort of restriction that they are carrying on. And if you have park hoppers, you can hop, but you can only hop after two o'clock. Again, another new COVID restriction that was not in place prior to. Uh, Hopping doesn't occur until after two. And if you're going to hop, you don't have to tell Disney where you're going. You just need to reserve a park in the morning. So that's important to note. Um, So that's the way we do it, right? Pick our dates, book our room, book our flight, purchase our tickets, book our parks. Because once we know what parks we're going to be in on which day, we then can book dining reservations. Uh, This is really important because, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're booking dining reservations at places that are in the park that you're in, right? I mean, if you're at Epcot, you can't, you really don't want to book dining reservations for the Crystal Palace and Magic Kingdom. Um, uh, Again, unless you have park hoppers and you plan on hopping to that park late at night or for dinner, uh, which you could do, but if you don't have park hoppers, then that is going to become a very expensive uh, dinner reservation because you're going to have to park by park hoppers to make it to your reservation. So make sure that you line your park day up with your park reserve, your dining reservation. Um, and I, you know, we, we make a big deal out of this with our family. We all kind of sit down and we talk about what day we're going to be in what park. And we talk about what restaurants everyone wants to eat at. And I would uh, highly recommend that you get a couple of recommendations for each night talk as a family like, hey, you know, what's our first choice? What's our second choice? Because um, especially now with only booking 60 days out, so many of the dining reservations are already booked. It is crazy. Like I said, it used to be with the 180 day window, you could pretty much get everywhere you wanted to go. Even if you didn't get it right away, you could follow up and do it. Um, But if you kept a close eye on it, you could pretty much get where you wanted to be. Now that's not the case. We we definitely have had, when we went in June, I think we had one location. Uh, Ohana was closed because of COVID, but I think, I feel like there was another one that we, we wanted to get into, but we just couldn't because there were no, there was no room in it. Um, and when we say that, you know, at 60 days, you can book your dining reservations. I literally mean on the 60th day before you arrive, before your arrival date, you have to get up at six o'clock in the morning, get all of your computers ready. And at 7 a.m. or, you know, 6 a.m., whenever it starts your time, you got to start trying to make reservations. 
always go for the toughest one, right? Uh, we'll get into that. Maybe that might be a future episode where we talk about really difficult dining reservations to get. Um, and we can sort of sp- break it down for you. Like, hey, if you're trying to get, let's say, uh, you know, Cinderella's Castle at, at Magic Kingdom, that's got to be the first one you go after. So, um, you know, it, absolutely, you're, you're, you've got to help yourself put put your priority list together and whatever is the toughest reservation to get, which I'm going to guess now is going to be that space. uh, They've got a new space restaurant opening up in Epcot. If I'm not going to Epcot until Thursday, I'm not booking my reservation starting on the Sunday that I get there. I'm going directly after Thursday. That's the first reservation that I want to make because it's going to be the toughest. And then you kind of work your way down from there. Um, And then sort of know the order in which you want to book things. And um, that will help you sort of get to everything that you want to get to or all of the things that are on the list. So that is how we would that's how we do that. Um, the last thing you want to do once you've got your dining reservations done, uh, this is something you don't need to do too far in advance. And that is just make sure you have arrangements to get from your, uh, uh, flight to, you know, the airport to your hotel and then back your hotel back to the airport. A couple of options there. There used to be Disney's magical express that no longer exists. Now you have a, a mirrors, which is just like uh, magical express, except it's not free. And I also am not sure if they take care of your luggage like Magical Express did. Um, so yeah, I, I'll do a little bit more digging on that and, and I'll, I'll follow up with that information on, on a future episode. Um, but you can also lift or Uber from the airport to your hotel. Those are options. And if you're staying off park, I'm sure your hotel has a shuttle service that you can, uh, that you can take advantage of that's probably free. So there are a couple of ways. It's not something that books up that you know you got to do right away. There's no stress, no real pressure on doing that. There's always a couple of ways for you to uh, make sure you can get to and from uh, when you when you arrive and when you're leaving. Um, and so those are those are the orders in the order in which we book our Disney vacations. Uh, like I said, it's not the only way to do it, but it is the way we do it. Uh, so just to recap, we pick our dates, try to pick them as far in advance as possible to make sure we get to stay where we want to stay. Once we get our dates, we get our room. Then we do our ho- then we do our flights. Then we get our tickets. Then we book our park days so we can then book our dining reservations. Um, and then uh, after that, we just make sure we've got rides to and from the airport. So that's the way we do it. Um, if you want to see this written down in black and white, uh, you can go to our uh, website, readysetdisney.com. You can go to the article. This was a September 2019 article that we wrote. Uh, it's called planning dot 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 uh, where to start. Um, you can uh, you know read the article. There's a comment section down at the bottom. If you plan in a different order and you want to share that with us, you know, we'd love to read and and get other people's experience. I'd love to hear from anybody that might book their dining reservations 
then book their parks based on their dining reservation. Um, just a thought that we've been kicking around, um, and I'm wondering if anybody has had any experience with that. You know, share it with us on our blog post or uh, type it in the comment section. You know, give us some feedback. Uh, hopefully, you found this episode helpful. And um, and like I said, if you want to see it in black and white, go to our website, readysetdisney.com. Uh, n- our next episode, we are going to dive a little bit more into where to stay. Again, that's a post that we've already got up. We're going to get a little bit more into that. The deluxe, the moderate, the values, off property, that sort of stuff. We'll give you a rundown of some of the places we've stayed, what we thought of them, what we liked of them, what we didn't like of them. So uh, catch us on episode three if you want to hear more from us. In the meantime, stay safe, travel safe, take care. We'll talk to you soon.